Welcome to episode 10 of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan, and this is Evan, and uh, we're here to enjoy some beers and talk about some games. I am here. I am ready to rise like a Skywalker. Oh boy. That's right, folks. Before we do anything, I'm going to mention that episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, the trailer is out, and I have opinions on it. And I have deferring opinions. Is that, is that a word? Deferring opinions? I think we can work with it. Differing? Uh, but before we talk about what I is new... I have a difference new, of opinion. I kind of wanted to get your opinion on what you think of the modern Star Wars. Oh, okay. This is a gaming podcast, but I'll go with it. So, episode seven? Yeah. I liked it. It uh-huh. was good. Uh-huh. It was good. Episode eight? No, wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. Rogue One? Loved it. Yeah, Rogue One's good. Yeah. Honestly, loved it. It was so good. Episode eight? It's bad, dude. It was bad. It's bad, man. It is the worst Star Wars movie ever made, hands down. Yeah, takes the cake. It's it's I I will willingly watch the prequels again. Yeah, before watching Last Jedi. I don't know what they did there, but it was bad. All of it was bad. It was a, it was a mess. Usually, hey, you expect character development rather than like the Benjamin Button version of that. You know, Jordan, they were just subverting our expectations. So we really have to respect them with that because they made something that was subversive. No. No, that's not how that works. I'm okay with a subversive plot. Okay. But I'm not okay with that plot because it was bad. But it was being subversive. It was good. But that's okay. But that's not okay. What's not okay? That plot. You mean the plot in The Last Jedi, the movie we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, it's bad. It's okay to be subversive. Yeah, I agree, but you have to be, like, good subversive. That's exactly what I'm saying, Evan. There, you can be, like, good M. Night Shyamalan subversive, or you can be bad M. Night Shyamalan subversive. Okay, so my point is, no, because... This is a bad plot. Being subversive is okay, but this was not the right way to do it. Yeah, I'm completely fine with being subversive if you tell a good story while you're doing it and a story that moves and they did not do that. Yeah. And Solo was okay. Solo was okay. It was a little better than okay, but that's it. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it again. Yeah, but The Last Jedi was a mess. It was bad. And I wish it was never made. And I wish that it didn't, it didn't do things that it did. It did things that I was not a fan of. But that all leads us to today when they released the Star Wars Episode Nine teaser trailer. And they also released the title with it. The title is The Rise of Skywalker. And I am like 100% out on this movie. So here's the thing. I think this is going to be a good movie. J.J. Abrams will fix this somehow. Have faith. Ryan Johnson, we have to ignore what he did. Uh, With the exception of, you know, killing off a few characters. There's unfortunately nothing we can do about that. But I believe in Abrams. And this movie looks good. I also have trust in Abrams. And this is my opinion on just the teaser trailer. But I needed them to blow me away. And it just looks like some more of the same. Uh, and if you, if you haven't seen the teaser trailer, they tease Emperor Palpatine coming back. Uh, and it just seems like, hey, we need a villain that people already like. And we're not going to try and come up with another villain because we spoiled that opportunity. So here, everybody, here's Emperor Palpatine. Uh, we hope you come to the theater to see our good movie. Yeah. But what if you're wrong? I'm, I really hope I am wrong. I don't want to be right. I want Star Wars to be amazing. But as it stands right now, 
I'm more excited for the Mandalorian TV show that's coming to Disney Plus. I'm more excited for the continuation of the Clone Wars. Uh, I just have nothing. This is not a movie that I'm anticipating or looking forward to. I'm going to go see it, but I hope but it's good when I get Darth there. But is bringing Darth Sidious back the worst thing ever? I think so, man. I, like, if people's complaints about Force Awakens, which I enjoyed, was that it was too close to A New Hope, then what is bringing back the main villain uh, of Return of the Jedi going to do? Well, I personally think that's a dumb argument, though, that it was too close to A New Hope. I think that was a good way to tie the trilogies or that, you know, tie them all together. You're right. It's a good way to bring people back and bring people into Star Wars again. It's a great first movie, but then we have to split off from there. And then I feel like Last Jedi was so poor that now we're just going to have to end up just like converging back to. But as far as we know. Darth Sidious is dead, right? Yeah, there's it's they they are doing stuff that makes it seem like people who can use the force don't really die. So what if it's not Sidious? I hope it's not, man. I don't want it to be. I, what if it's, what if it's Darth Vader? No, that's even worse. Because I agree. that his, is worse. <laughs> his arc was great. <laughs> and like the the salvation of Vader was the death of Sidious. And when you bring back Sidious, it just kind of like takes away what was done in Return of the Jedi and kind of throws it away and spits in its face, I think. I think I think the rise of Skywalker is a bad name. And here's my I think it's fine. Here's my prediction. Here's what it means. Uh, Kylo Ren is going to end up seeing the light and then he'll be the Darth Vader type person that turns from the dark to the light to stop the ultimate darkness, which is Palpatine again, supposedly. I think that's dumb if that's what they do. But we don't know. But we don't know. I'm, I'm just very open to it, and I want to see the movie. I'm excited about the movie, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I hope it's great, but as of now, I am ambivalent towards it. Mm. But enough about Star Wars for now. It's time for some beer. Yeah. So what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I have a good old Lager Especial. Oh, the Modelo? Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Good old Cerveza. Cerveza? It's just Spanish for beer. Uh, for me, I have the Stone Grapefruit Slam IPA. Uh, Stone is... Very much into the IPA scene. It's practically what they make, and they make it very well. So I have some high hopes for this, and I'm going to take a sip right now. So, what did you play this week? Uh, I had not too many opportunities to play video games this week. Uh, I did play a tad more of The Division. I got to World Tier 3, just the beginning. Uh, and I also did get my first exotic weapon drop. Nice. I have not gotten one yet. Uh, I got the Merciless, which is the rifle that has the binary trigger. So when you pull the trigger, it shoots around. And when you release the trigger, it shoots around. That's pretty nice. Uh, and it has some other properties that are pretty crazy to go into right now. So I won't bore everyone with the details, but I will say... I got the the love of RN Jesus shined down upon me because I ran the mission that you get the merciless with once and I got the drop. I have nice. a friend who played it same level as me played that mission 13 times in a row and finally got it. Wow. So RNG That's pretty crazy, man. RNG Jesus smiled upon me this day, and I've used all of my goodwill. So when Borderlands comes out, you probably don't want to play with me. But yeah, Division Division 2 still good. Did you play uh, anything else? I played an iPhone game actually 
called Florence. Uh, and I've been waiting to play this one for a bit. I've had it downloaded for a while and have not gotten around to it. Yeah. So what is that? Uh, Florence is kind of like a story that is told in a way that you can interact with what is going on. Uh, it's a story about a girl uh, in her early 20s growing up, falling in love. Uh, and you kind of play through the beats of this relationship. Uh, and they do some very emotionally interesting stuff with the way that you are interacting with this world. So you are playing as Florence and you meet this boy and you kind of have to put these puzzles together that are in the shape of uh, like iMessage chat bubbles. Um, so they start out and they're really complicated and they're like five, six pieces and you have to put these puzzles together. And when you finish putting a piece of the puzzle together or a full puzzle together, he'll respond and he'll say something and then you respond back. And I think the cool thing that they do is, you know how in relationships, when you grow closer with somebody, it gets easier to talk to them? Yeah. The chat bubble puzzles that you put together uh, slowly get simpler and simpler. So you go from like six pieces that are hard to put together to like two pieces that are really simple to put together. And then you start talking faster and you, you can feel the relationship between them growing. And that is just one of the, the interactive elements that they have that help you get invested into this story. Uh, I highly recommend it. It was, it was like a two hour, three hour experience. Um, it was, I think $4 on the app store. I'm not sure if it's on Android, but, uh, if you have some Apple cash or some cash laying around, and you just want a really interesting, cool story, I highly recommend it. That is Florence. It is very, very much worth the time. Hmm. Cool. I have to check that out. Uh, but that is what I've been playing. Jordan, what have you been playing? I, um, I played some more Division as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, uh, I got to uh, World Tier 3. I think last time we talked, you didn't even... You weren't even at the level cap yet. I was not. You're right. Oh, you've been grinding this week. A little bit. How, what do you think? Are you still into it? I'm into it, man. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Um, the strongholds are fun. Fighting Black Tusk is fun. Yeah, Black um, Tusk I'm really is enjoying good. it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I expected the Black Tusk stuff to maybe be a little harder than it is. Um, but it's, it's good. I'm really enjoying it. It's like, it's still not easy by any means. So I think uh, depending on when you attack the Black Tusk, it can be pretty difficult where you are on the world tier. So if you're at like the beginning of the world tier with a lower gear score, it's, it can be rough at times. Uh, But uh, I was grinding for a few hours and I was waiting for a friend to get on and man, I was just mowing them down. Yeah. So I think the world tier system is interesting because it puts you through another little like peak valley situation mm-hmm. where it like really like bumps up the enemies and their difficulty. And then you find your gear, you find all your stuff, and then you are much higher than them. And then when you advance the world tier, you get to do that little little thing again. Yeah. Uh, I think if I had one critique, you don't really have to start worrying about builds until your max gear score. Because you're just going to get new stuff and you kind of make these like mongrel builds that just give you the highest gear score possible. Yeah, I was going to say that like you kind of just throw everything away. That's not the highest gear score and you just put on whatever is and it's like it's almost kind of tiring when you first start doing it because you got to put all this gear on and then you're taking all this time putting all the proper mods on everything and then two seconds later you got to do it all again. Seems like. I kind of wish um, there was an option to move the mods you have, move any mods you have from a weapon to another weapon if they still apply. And then remove whatever doesn't yeah. from the old one. Yeah. I agree. I said the exact same thing um, when I was playing that this week. Because it, it's just a lot like, it's not terrible. It's not a huge complaint. It's like but 10, 15, 20 seconds each time. Yeah, but you spend a lot more time doing that at this point in the game 
are you doing it faster now that are you doing it faster now that the weapon mod system got changed i definitely am happy about that yeah um and i know what to put on so it doesn't take me forever yeah to pick stuff um so yeah i mean it's not bad it's just so frequent and there were times i was playing with a buddy and i just get everything ready he's like hey you want this and he drops like three or four pieces of gear that he doesn't want and they're all better than what i got yeah and i'm like oh now i gotta do it all again i had a i had a friend who was like at the top of the tier we were in so he just dropped a bunch of like super high gear uh high gear score stuff and i just kind of rocketed to the top of the tier yeah because he was getting drops for his gear score and you can share so he would get a drop and just say here you go and he'd drop it back and it'd be like 30 points higher than anything i was getting yeah uh which i like because like it's not tedious getting through the gear score stuff you still feel like you're moving through the tiers pretty quickly at least where i am at and i feel like i can actually get raid ready in this game unlike in destiny where you really just had to grind and grind and grind i feel yeah to get ready for some of those raids as bad as the destiny grind which I think is good for a game that is a game that vies for your attention. Right. Uh, so if I do want to go out and get exotic weapons that are really cool, I can go grind for those. Yeah. But they're not necessary for me to complete this journey. Uh, and I have no doubt that I'll be raid ready by the time the 25th rolls around. And I'll be yeah. able to try that out and have fun with that. Yeah, same. So yeah, I've been playing more of that. It's been good. Um, I've also... Also, on my Switch, play a little bit of uh, Steam World Dig Two. Did you ever play that? Yeah, man, that game's awesome. Yeah, I've already beat it once, but I have a new Switch now, and it was before they had cloud saves, so yeah, starting over from scratch. And that and game's like fun. a almost like a Metroidvania meets Dig Dug, something something like that. Uh, it's like it's got a lot of good RPG elements that yeah. make it a lot of fun. Um, it's more like it's it's kind of focused more on the exploration end of yeah, things. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. It's a fun game. If you haven't the, played that, you get you get movement upgrades in that game that are very satisfying. Yeah, it has it has a good. It's good. I'll play. I'll play whatever other games they come out with. Speaking of, they have a new game coming out in like two weeks or so. I think called SteamWorld yeah. Quest: Hand of Gilgamesh. Uh, and it's like a card based RPG. Yeah, sounds interesting. I don't think it has roguelike elements. I could be wrong on that, but it looks very cool. Uh, I like the stuff they do. SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2 are both great. Uh, SteamWorld Heist is this really interesting take on turn-based strategy games. Uh, And if you haven't played that, I suggest go to play that. Uh, But yeah, I'm super excited about Hand of Yogamech. I think it looks really cool and it fits inside their world really well. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Um, I hadn't looked into it too much, but I did see uh, that it was coming out. So I have to check it out. Um, I also played <clears throat> a little a little game called Splitgate Arena Warfare. You were super hyped on this game. I was. I am. It's good. Yeah. I'm getting in there and dude. When you when you outsmart somebody with a portal and shoot them in the back of their head, it's it's a good feeling. This is the for those who don't know, this is the Halo mixed with Portal. Yeah. Uh team based first person shooter. Uh and there are certain places in the environment for you to place portals on. Yeah. Uh can you go through other people's portals? You can. You just can't see through them. But you can see through your portals. Right. Can you shoot through them? Yeah, you can shoot through anyone's. So you can like blind fire through a dude's portal. Yeah, and it's funny because if you're looking at an enemy portal, you can't see through it. But you could be you could aim at it, and if the crosshairs turn red, you know there's an enemy there. You just shoot and you kill him. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I feel like a bug. No. It's the way f- it's supposed to it's work. It's a feature. Yeah. You can't see them, but your crosshairs turn red, so you know they're standing right there. So don't stand in front of portals, kids. Well, it's good because it prevents like people will do things like there's like this one big wall that kind of oversees almost the whole map. They'll shoot a portal at it and then go hide in some corner and then look through the other end of it so that you can't see them. And they're shooting through that portal over the whole map. But you can just 
pop them through the same portal they're shooting through by just looking at it and shooting them. That's cool. You can also throw, um, they have these little grenades that you can throw at the portal, and it'll, it'll make their portal disappear. It's like a portal closer grenade. Yeah, so That's I could, good. you know, if there's an enemy one, they're shooting through it and constantly killing people, you just throw a little grenade at it and it disappears. Seems like they're and, doing some good balancing for that. Yeah, um, I do have a few small complaints. Yeah. Um, it seems like they've reduced the shotgun's fire rate, uh-huh. um, which is, I'm conflicted about how I feel about it, because it really increased the skill ceiling um, a little bit. If you miss the first shot, you're pretty much dead. So you just can't miss. Which or the other problem is if you're too far away. So they either I feel like they need to either increase the range or bump that fire rate back up. But um, I feel like power weapons in an arena shooter should feel powerful, and I feel like they took that away from the shotgun a little bit. Yeah, the shotgun um, in Halo is is nuts. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed in that. Um, other than that, it's. I, I don't know if they changed it or if maybe I just played more and realized it, but I feel like the time to kill is a little too short. Which I think I had commented on how I liked the lower time to kill. I feel like it's lower in this beta than it was in the alpha, but maybe I'm wrong. But um, one of the cool things about Halo was just because you got shot first didn't mean you lost the fight. Yeah, yeah. There was, and in there this was... game, it feels like the time to kill is a little too short. So hmm. if you do get shot first, you almost always lose, unless you have a power weapon. Hmm. Is it operating and on I... a shield-based system like Halo is? It is. It is. But the the shields—that's the other thing. The shields take way too long to start recharging. Okay. The recharge delay is too slow for the pace of combat because the combat's fairly quick pace. Yeah, Halo kind of has them bouncing back pretty quickly. Yeah, it's slower than Halo. Depending on which Halo, but it's more like Halo 1, which their recharge delay in Halo 1 was pretty slow. Yeah. Um, and is it working with the same, like, three pillars of guns, melee, grenades? So they don't have grenades, other Except, than the portal closing grenade. Really? That's it. And they don't damage people, as far as I can tell. Huh. They only close portals. And I'm a little conflicted about that, too. Um, none of those things take away the game, take, take away from the game to a point where I wouldn't buy it. Um, but they are probably the biggest one for me is the time to kill. Yeah. They would tweak that a little bit. I'd be a lot happier. Um, but the game's really good, man. It's really fun. And there's nothing more satisfying, man, than when you outsmart somebody and, and get the drop on them. It's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I kind of made reference to it earlier on. That we would talk about Star Wars a little, a little tiny bit more. Yeah. We're recording slightly earlier than the announcement, but they have been posting teaser posters for Jedi The Fallen Order. Yeah. And I think, I think one of those posters was actually leaked. I think they actually, uh, they released it officially. After yeah. the leak happened, uh, Which, and it was kind of this stormy, craggy mountain, and there was a dude with a lightsaber and a robot shining light. No, and it's funny, and maybe I misread it. Um, but when they officially released it after the leak, I, they put it with a quote that said, Accept the past. Huh. So I was like, Is that a reference to the game or a reference to the leak? So now we're going to be officially posting it because it already leaked. I don't know. Well, they've been doing those little three word uh, slogans almost. Yeah. Um, this game is going to take place after Order 66. Uh, so after after three, in case you don't know the terminology uh, and the Jedi are pretty much being murdered and they're being killed off. Yeah. Uh, and you it's the name and you are playing as the Padawan, I think, to a Jedi. Uh, and that's about all we know. Yeah. Uh, Vince Zampella did come out very recently and say that this is going to be a single player game. Uh, no microtransactions, no loot boxes, uh, which you shouldn't have to say, but when the company is EA, you kind of have to. Yeah, you got to clarify things. Um, and this is being made by Respawn, the team behind Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex. One of our one of a few of our favorite games here. Yeah, I'm a fan. 
so we're really excited to see what that's all about. Yeah. Um, it's looking good. By the time you're hearing this, uh, it will have been announced. So keep an eye on our Instagram and on our Twitters, uh, Button Key Games. And we'll probably have posted some impressions on our socials. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm very excited to see uh, what that ends up being. Uh, we're just not sure what type of game it's going to be. Yeah. And I'm up for anything. I think Respawn hasn't really failed me when it comes to the gameplay department. So I'm I'm up for whatever they're putting on the table, really. Yeah, me too. Um, and I believe it was also revealed that their release window they're shooting for was the December. December's a date. That's that's about what I expected. I expected that November, December area. That's what Google says. December 2019. Not sure if that's accurate or not, but um, hopefully they hit that and we get a 2019 release. Uh, I think they've been saying 2019. So that's how you never right. know. You never know. Games yeah. get delayed. Uh, and if you need if you need time to make your game good, make your game good. I say. Yeah, but it's very promising, especially considering what we've gotten from Dice. Um, not being, it's like it's like a good game with like a very poor execution. Um, just a little too shallow. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for what Respawn's gonna do. This is the first single player Star Wars game since Force Unleashed two. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I it's think, been a I minute. Think so yeah. It's been a second. um, Uh, Those Force Unleashed games were guilty pleasures of mine. Uh, I enjoyed them more than I thought they were critically good. Uh, So I'm I'm super open to anything that Respawn wants to do, be it third-person action, be it first-person style. I I don't care, man. Just, Just make an awesome game, and I'm there. Yeah. It's looking good. I'm excited, and I hope we have some nice RPG elements in there. I suspect yeah. we will. Um, seems hard to make a single-player game without it these days. Um, yeah, that's that's where the industry is. Yeah, but I'm good with it. Seems awesome. Uh, I know what else you're good with, Jordan. You're really good with your PlayStation Network name. I think it's XXX Big Booty Judy XXX. That is correct. And I know you definitely want to keep that around. So this news is not for you. But Jordan, mm. what did PlayStation announce this week? PlayStation has officially launched their PSN name change service. Ooh, yeah. But fun. not Finally. without some problems. It's got some stuff. It's got a few caveats. Uh, they're saying that it should work with the large majority of games. I love that confidence. Uh, guaranteed to work with games released after April 1st, uh, 2018, but it, it could, it could cause some issues. They're saying it shouldn't, uh, or they're saying you might have to use your old username for older games. Hopefully this works for people. Uh, I got a PlayStation console late in the life cycle, so I was past the age where I was making dumb Usernames like eMoney2000. Yeah. I'm, I was uh, actually pretty unhappy with mine. Um, so I was ready to change it. Did and you change it, it already? Well, you don't I have a PlayStation not, at the moment. I did not because I don't own a PlayStation currently, so I'm not that worried about it. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to think, you know, if you're on a PS3, I mean, obviously that's going to be a small majority there, small number of people. But, yeah. you know, if you were to change it on PS4 and then log on to your PS3, you probably couldn't play any games. Um, But it seems, from what I understand, I could be wrong about this, but as far as I understand it, you still own your original PSN name. Um, Correct. They don't toss it out. So if you have issues, you could theoretically just switch back to your old name. Um, So I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's the idea there to keep your old name so you can switch back i don't know if it's like as easy enough as like switch back and forth at will you know but yeah but it you know at least there's something there if you do discover an issue but i know some games um 
that work with it still have issues. Like your old name still shows up when you log in, um, but it works fine, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, and part of that's just issues with the infrastructure of how PSN was designed, but still great progress. And in a couple of years, nobody will care anyway. Yeah. And so, so your first name change is free. Um, after that, I didn't know that. Yeah. First one's free. After that, it'll cost you $10. Uh, per change, a lot like Xbox is at the moment. Um, but if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you can change it for $5. Oh, okay. Getting those sweet deals for being a PlayStation Plus subscriber. I wish I got 50% off more things. Eh, they're okay. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, that's pretty big news, uh, considering that's a feature that's long overdue. Um... Evan, we also we also got some new some new Rage Two um, footage this week as well. Uh, I don't think there's much news to talk about with the Rage Two footage, but we just wanted to mention it because we think Rage Two looks amazing. Which is contrary to what I've said in past episodes. I was like, really? I'm not sold on the game. Oh, I didn't I don't know, know you if you remember. We talked about it. Yeah, I was not sold on the game. However, after watching that gameplay. I was, I was like, heck yeah, this looks, yeah. this looks great. It looks and like that trailer doing... they released the other day. Was it yesterday? Today? It, uh, whatever. It was Thursday or Friday. I can't remember, but it looks good. Looks yeah, they're real doing good. some cool They showed a stuff. lot of cool bosses. They showed a little bit of humor in there. Got to yeah. hear, you know, it was good. It, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a good game. I'm excited. It's, it reminds me a bit of Bulletstorm with the way that you can combo things together. Yeah, which was um, a great game. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it has the pace of Doom, the new yeah. Doom, which I love. And it has superpowers. And I'm having trouble putting thoughts together because they haven't released too much on this game. But what they have released just looks like raw and fun. It just, just looks fun. good, like good, chaotic glory. You get a wing stick, which you had in the first one, and you just throw it and it chops people's heads off and it's real good. Yeah, looks like a good old classic gory id shooter. Uh, did you also see that they have announcer packs for that game? I did not. So the first one they announced was, I forgot his name off the top of my head, but it's the announcer from uh, NBA Jam. So the guy that's always like, boom, shakalaka. And Pippin for the three. Uh, he's doing announcing for this game. So while you are playing, he will commentate what you're doing. So if you catch somebody on fire, like actual fire, he'll be like, he's on fire. Uh, and he has new lines to talk about what's going on in Rage. And it looks really cool. Um, They've been a bit weird about how you acquire that. Uh, it might be a pre-order bonus, which is like bad. Lame. Uh, but there is uh, an NPC shopkeeper in the game called the Cheat Wizard. And I think that you are able to buy it from the Cheat Wizard for in-game currency. Yeah. So I hope that's the case because I, so I want to have that on all the time because that is awesome. Yeah. I just I just want somebody just screaming like boom shakalaka all the time. Just scream it while I'm going to the bathroom. Scream it while I'm at work typing on a computer. Just somebody stand behind me and scream boom shakalaka at all times of the day. I'm down with that. And also we had. <clears throat> I'm trying. <laughs> and also this week we had. Maybe an accidental confirmation that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is in fact happening. Which I don't think is a huge surprise. But It's not a huge surprise, but how did we get this information? Yeah, so I'm probably going to butcher this, but Janina Gavenker, um, she voiced Tatai in the Frozen Wilds DLC for the first game, which I never played. Um, I played the first game, but not the DLC. But she apparently um, 
was speaking to some fans at a Star Wars celebration um, when she made a slip up um, and a, a fan thanked her for introducing her to the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, game. And apparently she told this fan, just wait until you see the sequel. You're going to die. You know some secrets. You're going to die. Oh. Oh. That's what she said. Oh. Um, and apparently this was all um, revealed in a Reddit post from user Ninjite. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, how reputable is it really? I have no idea. Um, Nobody in their right mind thought that Horizon Zero Dawn was not going to get a sequel. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of already had assumed it was being developed. This is just kind of more of a confirmation, I suppose. But how reliable is this confirmation? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I imagine that is going to be a PlayStation 5 game. It's possible. Uh, it seems like Sony has announced pretty much everything they're going to do for the PlayStation 4. Which would... Uh, this presumably be why they're not going to be at E3 this year. Yeah, um, and why they have a smaller presence. They're probably building to their announcement for the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Um, would you do it? Release a sweet console. I'm, I want you guys to do sweet things. Did you play Zero Dawn? I did. What did you think of it? I really liked it. I feel like a crazy person because I played through about half of that game and just gave the heck up. You're not because the only one. I talked to some friends who felt the same way. I, for some reason, man, something about that world just enveloped me. I wanted to know more about what was going on and what had happened there. I was very intrigued by the whole premise of that game. Here's um, what I'll say. I think the premise is great, and it, the premise was good enough to make me want to go see uh, what happened in that story after I stopped playing because I did want to know. But I thought the gameplay in it was sluggish it felt kind of unresponsive to me yeah uh fighting the bigger fighting the bigger creatures wasn't fun um and i just thought i was a crazy person for the longest time because i just wasn't having the fun that everybody else was i i mean i i thought it was good i enjoyed the gameplay i thought it was really solid it didn't go as deep as i had hoped Gameplay wise, but it was really solid in the story and the environment and everything about it just had me so captivated with what was happening. That was one of the few games that I'm like, I'm reading every like text log and listening to every audio log and like getting deep into whatever information is there about what happened to that world. I wanted to know everything. Um, and I, that doesn't happen to me a lot in games, but that game did that for me. So I really enjoyed it. And it'll be tempting for me to get a PS5 just to play the second one. Honestly. If only they're releasing all their first party games on PC. Oh, that would be an amazing thing. That would be the dream. Yeah. I don't see uh, it though. But I'll probably let you borrow a PlayStation so you can play that game. There we go. Uh, yeah. I hope that game's good. I say that I know I say that a lot, but I do I do genuinely hope every game is good because I want people to have a great time. Uh, and I think people are very excited about this. So good for you. It's coming. Supposedly. Yeah. Nintendo Labo VR also came out today. So there's that. Uh, Jordan, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but people are saying very positive things about that. And you know, I'm a little bit uncertain because people like to say positive things about Nintendo things that aren't always that great. Why do you, why do you say that? Um, I, I love Nintendo. Uh-huh. I love the games that they create. Um, but I, I don't hold them in as high regard as a lot of people. Okay. Um, but maybe that's just a personal thing, but. Did you grow up with a Nintendo? I did. I had a. Okay. I had a Super Nintendo. It was like the first thing I ever had. Did you have a Nintendo 64? Yep. That was the next thing. Really? GameCube? And then I had a GameCube after that. That was wow. the next thing. And I loved those consoles. Don't get me wrong. I loved them. But not as much as I loved my Xbox the day that I got it. What did you get with your Xbox when you got it? Halo. Uh-huh. Which is my favorite game of all time. 
Oh, so, I, I mean, didn't. I had no clue. Yeah. So, so Nintendo just, I loved it and I still love it, but I just, I feel like sometimes people give a higher review or rating to things or websites. Journalists um, seem to give, to give them more than I think they deserve sometimes. So it could be that. I could be wrong. It might not be that. It might actually be good. But now that it's getting good reviews, I'm like, maybe I should just go buy one of these dang things and see what I think myself. You're going to build some cardboard? You're going to make some cardboard craft? Yeah, even though I said I would not buy it. And you thought I was going to be the one to cave. But at the end of the day, if I got people out here saying it's good and it's virtual reality related, I got to try it. So Sure, sure. It's just the truth. Sure. Huh. I don't think I've met too many people in my age range that haven't gotten, like, nostalgically attached to Nintendo. I mean, I am. I am. And that's, like, when I play, when I was playing Super Mario Odyssey for the first time, I felt that. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. But that only lasted for a few hours. Then the nostalgia wears off. And I still enjoy the game. I thought it was a great game. Great platformer. But still at the end of it once i'm done i forget about it it's no longer something that i keep in my brain or i'm gonna remember forever was my first experience with super mario odyssey it's not gonna happen maybe that's just me but that's just the truth so i also i kind of had like consoles a generation late each time so like when the nintendo 64 was out i had a snes and when the gamecube first came out I remember buying a Nintendo 64, the see-through green one. I think it was like Jungle Green or something off of eBay. Yeah. And it came with like 10 games. But the only game I remember playing from that is GoldenEye. Oh, I remember GoldenEye. And that place, that game holds a more special place um, in my childhood than than a lot of the other big Nintendo IPs. Yeah. Um, But but the only things that are really going to bring me back to that, I mean, I don't know if there's anything that's going to bring me back to GoldenEye days other than GoldenEye itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shooters are like a staple in the games that we play now for most of us, not everyone, but. So I I think this is an interesting topic for me to talk about and and like kind of what what my first uh, experiences with games were and where that nostalgia lies. Um, and for me, the first game I really remember playing, uh, extensively is Donkey Kong Country, uh, on the SNES. And people say like, oh, Donkey Kong Country was okay. It wasn't the best, but I look back on Donkey Kong Country with only like the best mindset. I remember sitting on the couch playing that game with my mom because it had co-op in it. Uh, and I remember like bashing my head against the the minecart levels. And then re- most recently, I played Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze when it got re-released on the Switch. And man, uh, that nostalgia was all over that game. But it was still an amazing game. I would rate that game very highly. Yeah. Uh, Whereas I don't think I have as much nostalgia for Mario or for Zelda because Donkey Kong was that first love for me. So I I do see where people uh can kind of say, can give Nintendo this lofty praise. And then like kind of years past it, they kind of look back and say, oh yeah, that was okay. Uh, To your point with Super Mario Odyssey, I love that game. I think that game is amazing. Oh yeah, me too. But it was great. I don't... I don't think it's 10 amazing. I don't even think it's nine amazing. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that game and I think it's top of its class 3d platforming. I think I could even give it an 8.9. Yeah. But for me, I'd rather play sunshine, even though I know in my mind that sunshine is an inferior game. Uh, but I guess it's just that time and place thing for me. And Mario didn't latch on to me like Donkey Kong Country did. Uh, so I'm just uh, I'm just not like, oh, yeah, another Mario. It's the best thing ever. Or, and oh, yeah, another Zelda. It's the best thing ever. 
Yeah, and I think Super Mario Odyssey probably would trigger more nostalgia on someone who spent a lot of time in maybe Super Mario 64. I'm sure. I didn't really play I didn't really play that until later on. Yeah, me neither. And and that was the the way they approached the game was more like that where the Mario game that would really appeal to my childhood more would have been Super Mario World. That was the Mario game that I spent the most time in as a kid. Yeah. And I loved that game. So are you excited about Mario Maker 2? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not big into the whole let's create our own custom levels thing, but I can also buy it and just play other people's. Yeah, I think so, the good part about that game, more than most other like create your own games, was that people actually made a lot of content for that game. Right. Uh, and people are still playing content that people make, and people are still making stuff for it. But honestly, I'd almost rather just actually get Nintendo to give me a SNES emulator on the Switch so I can just play Super Mario World. You mean you're not happy with just the NES emulator you have now? No, because NES was not my childhood. Yeah, SNES was. Yeah. Yeah, I can go back and play the original Super Mario Brothers. Not the original. Not the original original. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, I guess. Uh, And it's fun, but like playing soup uh playing super mario world amazing playing yoshi's island amazing uh yeah. donkey kong country the top tier of video games for me um so yeah it, it definitely is a time and place thing of when we came into it right uh, and i never really played a zelda game growing up either i know they were there but i didn't yeah. the first zelda game i played through was breath of the wild the first 3D Zelda game I beat was Breath of the Wild. I always wanted to play Wind Waker. And yeah. I had I had a GameCube. I don't and I know thought how that I game looked that game. awesome. I mean, my neighbor had it. I'd go over to his house and we would and he would play and I would watch. I didn't ever actually get to play. Yeah. But I I wanted that game, but I also couldn't just go buy games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So hey, Nintendo uh, re-release that again. Please, if they I'll, do, I'll, I will buy, buy it. it. I will buy it because that game I always wanted to play it as a kid, um, and never got to. But I, I never really did play a Zelda game until Breath of the Wild, and um, I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild. It was yeah. really good. Um, I don't know that I would give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, but I really liked it. I think it, it'd give me a solid nine, maybe. I think that game deserves that praise because of like the interesting stuff it did with that world and how the world interacted with itself. Um, and the stuff you would stumble into just by logically thinking, Oh, it's cold here. I have a fire sword. If I put the fire sword on my back, am I warm? Yes, I'm warm. Uh, yeah. and everything had its properties and everything worked together. Yeah, and it was uh, good. I really liked it. Like I said, I really liked the game, but it, it's still not like if you told me there's something about Nintendo games that just come across as a more casual experience to me. Wow. Um, maybe that's wrong, but they do. That's a take. And I don't think that that's bad. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. But at the same time, when I want to play a Nintendo game, it's because I'm in a casual gaming mood. Yeah. If I want to sit down and like really play hours and hours and really get into a game it's usually not going to be a nintendo game that i'm going to choose i, th- I don't I think- have a hate for nintendo so don't misconstrue that i just don't hold it in the same regard as other people and yeah. i feel like sometimes the way that people view nintendo affects their opinions or i know it does it affects their opinions on nintendo products and all of this came from you know me suspecting that with labo vr but i guess i'll just have to wait and see on that one but yeah no, I think it's an I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because I I do think that there is this uh force that the Nintendo name has behind it that carries weight. And that's not to say that people never say negative things about their games. They do. Uh Nintendo has a really good track record, but like Yoshi's uh Crafted World came out and people are like it's okay. Uh so it's not like Nintendo releases a game and it's just automatic tens. Yeah, but no, I'm not seem... saying that, but I'm just saying if they release a game that I would say is is good, almost great, 
then it's considered a masterpiece by everyone else. Yeah. Or maybe even say it is great. Everyone else calls it a masterpiece because Nintendo nailed it. And I mean, sure. I mean, you're entitled to that opinion. I just, I, I don't know that I'd ever give a Nintendo game a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, when I'm comparing it to every other game I could play. Now, I know some people limit it to, I'm only comparing this game to other games on its platform. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying in general, like if we talk about all games available right now, during that time when that Nintendo game came out, I don't know that I'd ever give one a 10 out of 10. Do you have many games that you would consider masterpieces? Many games? Like any, any games, like uh, any number that you could think of off the top of your head? I have maybe three, four. I'm trying, I'm trying to think what, what would I consider if I could think of a game. I mean, I think, I think Combat Evolved was a masterpiece. Halo, yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it was a masterpiece of its time. Um, I don't think any Halo game since has been a masterpiece. Really? No. Wow. But I think some of the other ones have done certain things better than Combat Evolved. Yeah. Um, but for its time, I think yeah. Combat Evolved was a masterpiece. Um, I think Wolfenstein 2 was dang near a masterpiece. The the new Colossus? Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know if amazing. I'd say I don't know if I'd give it a masterpiece, but it's pretty close. Yeah. That's a that's a beautifully made game. Yeah, really good. Uh I think games that I can name masterpieces. Uh there's probably not any games that I'm forgetting that I'm gonna name masterpieces because if I think it's a masterpiece, it's probably gonna be at the top of my head. Um but I would say Skyrim is a masterpiece game for me. I would agree with that. Uh, I've spent... Maybe not at launch, but... I've spent so much time in that world. Uh, and you know it so intimately, especially now. I've, I've vowed to myself that I'm never going to delete Skyrim off my console if possible. Yeah. I, one of my, I was talking about this today, actually, with one of my other buddies. We were playing Borderlands, because I actually did play a little more Borderlands Game of the Year Enhanced. I forgot to mention that. Um, but we were playing a little Borderlands and I was like, you know, I don't, a lot of people that I know will like sit there. It's been like over a thousand hours in one game. Yeah. I cannot do that. Yeah. There's not many. I do not have the attention span to spend that much time in a game. If I spend a hundred hours or close to it, then that game was really good. Yeah. Um, or really grabbed me for some reason, but that's pretty much my cap. Um, it's about a hundred hours. But then I look at Skyrim. I'm pretty sure I've got like 250 hours in that game. I've I've made numerous characters. I've never beaten that story. Oh, I have. Uh, and then I I've gone back and not even touched it and just done other things with I've just, other characters. I've, I've felt no other game that I've played where I haven't felt the need to pursue the main story as much as Skyrim. And it's weird because when you say that from the outside looking in, that sounds like a bad thing. But it's so not. It's because every little there's so many different storylines in that game besides the main story, and they're so good. Yeah. Uh just doing the Thieves Guild, getting the Nightingale armor. Or the Dark Brotherhood. The Dark Brotherhood. But just stumbling into an area and seeing a freaking dragon come down and then fighting that dragon. Yeah. And then, or like, like, or like going into some ruins where you find this book that talks about this sword, and then you go down in this cave and you find this sword, like just standing up on a stone in the middle of this circular stone room. Yeah. And you pick it up, and then like some like boss spawns, and it was his sword, and he like fights you, and you got to kill him so you can get it. And just I get a that. random encounter, and he's and got lore that. and story behind his character, and you kill him, and that's it. You take his sword, and then you move on. And I get that nowadays you can look at some of the tombs that that game built, some of the more like kind of thrown together things, and they're they're kind of tedious. But to me, that world is just so immaculate. But not only that, even though they may appear that way, it felt like every time you raided or like went down in a dungeon, it felt different. It it felt different, but I would say more times than not, it felt meaningful. When you left, you were like, "I'm glad I did that." 
because you and got you, you, you got, got a something. sweet piece of gear or, or you, you got had a really a cool encounter. Yeah, like there was always something good like that happened from exploring in that game, and I feel like almost no modern games get that. There's not there's not many games that I talk about where I have vivid memories of a moment in time where I was playing that game that just stuck in my head. And I was playing Skyrim and I was going down into this like sunken boat kind of cave area. And I was playing as a sneaky bow guy. Duh. That's the best. And I like stealthed the whole thing. Nobody saw me. And it was the first time I did that for anything. And it, it just sticks in my head. Yeah. So, so much because that was my character. That was my story that I was telling in this world. And that's the closest I felt to like tabletop RPGs. That was the closest I felt to uh, role playing as a character because I actually made this character and it was mine. Uh, and it was my story and nobody had a story that was just like mine. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It still it still holds up so well. And I know we rack on Bethesda for selling it in different forms. And I'm yeah. still upset that that game's $60 on Switch. Otherwise, I'd own it. But I'm not paying $60 for Skyrim again. Yeah. I've already done it like four or five times. Um, but, man, it's, it's good. And it's great in VR, by the way, if you haven't played it as a great VR game. Yeah. Uh, so, I think back to the Masterpiece talk. I think Skyrim is probably the probably my number one game of all time kind of stripped away from nostalgia. Yeah, it's a good one. A really um, good one. But other games I consider masterpieces, uh, burnout paradise, I think is a masterpiece. I didn't care for it. Uh, I, I know, a mutual, that, but. I know a mutual friend of ours, like love that game to death. Yeah. He did. Um, probably even more than I did, but I think I playing through that game and listening to girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Wow driving at a blistering pace in a speed car where you get like burnouts by using all your boost and then your boost fills up again and being on like a 20 chain of that uh there was nothing that quite comes close to that uh since when it comes to a driving game um and i honestly think those are those are the two games that i hold up like against every other game. You know, I could name some other games that have been hugely impactful to me. Battlefield 3, dude. Yeah, that's a great game. That game is one of my favorite shooters of all time. I know that they got a lot of flack for the campaign in that game, which I thought was crazy because I loved it. I thought Battlefield 3's campaign was amazing. I would call that campaign alone a masterpiece. Um the multiplayer in that game, I had so much fun with that back then, man. It was so good. Um, I actually think that Battlefield Bad Company 1 was more impactful for how I view games now than and Battlefield that 3 might was. might be true, but I didn't play it. I was um, off the Battlefield I'm not, for I'm, a little I, bit. And our, our, our experiences are widely different. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's because that's one of the first games I played when I got a 360 um it was that and call of duty 4 modern warfare which is also very impactful on me i only wanted it for halo 3 yeah that's a good reason to want the 360 yeah um but man i've i've never loved a battlefield game more than bad company one yeah you know it's another one i'm just naming them off here now splinter cell conviction Dude, Conviction's great, man. That, I would call a masterpiece. Really? I would. I wouldn't put it that high personally, but why, why would, do you say that? I think a big part of it is nostalgia on that one. Because another game that I had on my original Xbox that I played a lot was Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow. Yeah. I played it a lot. For sure. And, um, and then going, I didn't really get back into Splinter Cell after that for a while, because I'm pretty sure they weren't that good. Um, after that for a little while but when conviction came out i was on it and it was it's one of my favorite stealth games of all time really good uh kind of an older game for me 
uh, Metroid Prime on the GameCube. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I sunk a lot uh, of time into that game. Metroid Prime was probably the first game I ever played that I would consider beautiful. Um, I, I remember like seeing Samus's reflection in the visor, your HUD, and it put you in that world. Yeah. Uh, whereas this isn't against Halo because I don't think every game has to do this, but in Halo, it was just like, this is your heads up display. It could be like, you're not wearing a helmet at all. But in Metroid Prime, it was like, you are inside this helmet. This helmet gets bug guts on it. This helmet gets water on it. This helmet is a physical part of this world, and you are playing from behind the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing through that world, playing through and getting those abilities and bringing down these monstrous bosses just to backtrack on yourself to get to an area that you've seen before. It's my first Metroidvania, obviously from the way I'm talking about it. Uh, man, that game is master class, probably even still when it comes to like 3d Metroidvanias. Yeah. Uh, and I, there, there are rumors Jordan, there are rumors about the Metroid Prime trilogy coming to Switch. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get that. And I couldn't be more excited because the trilogy like came to the Wii, but it had all the dumb motion controls in it, and it was like, blah. But it, if that game comes to Switch, I'm going to fall in love. I'm just going to melt into like a couch somewhere and play those games because they are incredible and metroid prime uh 4 has been announced nintendo actually just announced they're doing an entire rework on it because it wasn't living up to what they wanted it to be uh i can't wait for that game yeah (sighs) i got goosebumps talking about that yeah it's gonna be good i'm really excited for that too those those were games i played a lot as a kid too on my gamecube man metroid prime yeah, I remember sitting there hours and hours and just thinking, man, where'd the time go? Yeah. You know, you just, just, I just, just get sunk into that game. I think like Skyrim, it was just a world that you could get lost in. Yeah. And not mind that you were lost in it. Yeah. Because everything was so stunning uh, and interesting to look at. I doubt uh, those graphics hold up today. But. I doubt they do. <laughs> I, I doubt they do. And... <laughs> Like, I don't want to pull out my old GameCube and plug it in, honestly. Um, because, in a way, I like those rose-colored glasses. Um, but, like, those are some of the games that really shaped me and what I enjoy about games. I think I'm personally due for another masterpiece. Uh, it's been yeah, a while too. since I've had one. Yeah. Uh, I think God of War on PlayStation 4, the new one, was really close. Uh, but it it wasn't... It wasn't... a masterpiece for me. Uh, I think I'm that's... I'm hoping Halo I, Infinite's gonna be my next one. I hope so too, man. I, I want... I want a good... I want a good Halo game that has good single player and that has good multiplayer uh, and actually put them both in the package at the same time. Yeah, me too. Because we haven't had that. Yeah, I Halo not 3 was ever. probably the last one. Uh, I Oh, really? I don't, think, I don't think Halo 3's campaign was was the most amazing thing. It wasn't bad. It was good. But it wasn't I wouldn't say it was a masterpiece even for its time. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I think Halo 4 had a good campaign but bad multiplayer, and I think 5 was the flip-flop of that. Agreed. I know a lot of people um, hated Halo Force campaign, but I actually enjoyed oh, I, it. A I lot. had a lot of fun with that campaign. I Me thought too. it was great. Yeah. Uh it was a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. The didact. Yeah. Uh I, the night that came out, man, I I got it at midnight. Did you oh, lone yeah. wolf that game night one? I did. Yeah. Night one, man. It was like nine AM. And Lone like Wolf nine is, hours. Lone Wolf is beating all the single player missions legendary. Solo. Solo, yeah. Yeah, no co-op. Um, 
it was awesome, man. I really liked it. Yeah, so I think I think that was an interesting discussion on like the games that shaped us. Uh in a week that was kind of light on news. Um, and I'm sure we forgot several, but that's for what sure. was on the brain. I, I could I could rattle off some more games that I think are amazing, but those were the those were the games that I can talk about uh ad nauseum because yeah. of how much I love them. And how much I think they really shaped my perspective on games. So if you guys have stuff that you want us to talk about, uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to hear from you via our email. You can email us at buttonkeygames at gmail.com. You can go to our website and find a contact us page, and we'll get that as well. You can talk to us on Twitter. He's Jordan Buttonkey. I'm Evan Buttonkey. Those are our personal ones. And together we're Buttonkey Games. And on Instagram, we're Buttonkey Games. And we are posting a lot of updates on Instagram. So follow us there. Jordan, what do you think about your beer? Man, I always love a good Dos Equis. It's good. Um, I'm not the highest on this one. Again, that was the Stone Grapefruit Slam IPA. Oh, yeah? Uh, I think here are some standouts from Stone that I like. Uh, Stone IPA. They're like normal IPA. So good. Uh, Tangerine Express. I accidentally slammed one of those way too quickly because it was so delicious. And it, it got me a little bit tipsy. I'm not going to lie. And <laughs> the the Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA was probably the first IPA that my wife actually enjoyed. And it's what got her into IPAs. So if you have someone who's not quite getting into the IPA game and you want them to get there because they're good beers, Scorpion Bowl IPA by Stone, find it. I think Stone's, Stone's pretty widespread. They have a place in California. They have a place here in Richmond. Uh, yeah, so Stone. Not the best, but they have good beers, I promise. Well, that wraps it up for us. Thanks for listening, folks, and stay classy out there.